This is the PR Podcast, a show about how public relations helps you tell your story to the world. We talk with great PR practitioners who have the skills, creativity, and just plain savvy to get their clients noticed. Now here's your host, Jody Fisher. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the PR Podcast. I'm Jody Fisher. Thanks for joining us. Well, our PR Podcast plug this week goes to Paul Mollo, a former guest of the PR Podcast, who was recently named one of New Jersey's best 40 under 40 marketing and communications professionals. A terrific honor, and we love when great communicators get recognized, and Paul is one of those. Take a listen to his episode. Go all the way back to episode 39 uh, and listen to why he is one of the greats. But congratulations, Paul. Great work. Keep it up. And if you want to be featured uh, on a, the PR podcast and get yourself a PR podcast plug, send an email to Jody at JodyFisherPR.com or just reach out on one of the socials, either to the PR podcast handles or to uh, my handle at Jody Fisher. Um, let us know the cool thing that you're doing, right? It's the PR podcast plug is meant to celebrate the extracurricular stuff we do. It's not the nine to five. It's the blog. It's the newsletter. It's the cool TikTok. It's your cooking channel. It's the crazy way you play guitar, whatever it is. Uh, send us that and let us love on you and celebrate you just a little bit. Now let's get on with our show today. And speaking of music, boy, do we have a good one. <laughs> Heather Wagner-Reed is the founder and CEO of Juice Consulting, a boutique PR and marketing firm based in Austin, Texas, that specializes in music entertainment, tech and innovation, international government, nonprofit, and visual arts. She's worked with clients like Gloria Gaynor, yeah, Gloria Gaynor, Erica Badu, yeah, Erica Badu, and more. <laughs> Now, before starting Juice in 20, uh, 20, 2007, uh, Heather was senior product manager for Beyonce. Yeah, that Beyonce, <laughs> handling her day-to-day -day management and global marketing coordination for five years as part of Music World Entertainment and Sanctuary Records. In 1999, Heather was named an honorary alumna of the MBA program at Niden Road University. Boy, I hope I said that right. Niden Road. Netherlands Niden Business Road. School. <laughs> where she handled PR and alumni relations. And during her time abroad, she picked up some Dutch and French and became well-versed in working with a variety of cultures. She brings that and so much more to our show today, including having just been named Spin Magazine's Austin's premier PR and marketing agency. Heather, welcome to the PR podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to talk to you, a fellow veteran here today. So thanks for having me on. Well, thank you. All right, elephant in the room, Beyonce. What's it like working with Beyonce? Oh my God. It's funny because every time I do an interview, it's really hard to get around that question or a question about that. So I will, I will Let's tell just you, do it up uh, front, right? It's my claim to fame, you know, but um, oh my gosh, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. I, I got to work with her, you know, it was a long time ago now. Um, I've had my agency 16 years, so it was before that. So from 2002 to 2007, right as she was leaving Destiny's Child and starting her solo career. So I was like, I was a witness to history in the making. You know, um, I worked for the family. Everything that was going on at the time was just so exciting, you know, for her and her career. I mean, Destiny's Child was still huge, you know, around the world. So this was just yet another, um, you know, new direction for her. And it exploded the minute she put her first single out. So it was exciting to be there during that time and really have a front row seat to, to her um, becoming even bigger, you know, um, you know let's, let's talk about your experience there, right? We sure. all know what Beyonce was and then became, but 
How mm -hmm. are you fitting in? What are you doing on the day to day? And and what are you handling for her in a way that helps to propel her as your client, propel her in the direction she wants to go? Well, you know, so basically my background is I studied public relations at the University of Georgia. And uh, I was back there in the early 90s. And really my entire career was focused on PR. And then as you know, as a PR professional, a lot of times doors open when you're in that realm. And I started to also get some opportunities on the marketing side of things. So during my time living abroad, um, I had a few different positions and, and ultimately ended up working for Universal Music over there in a marketing capacity, global marketing. I was helping um, artists on, on uh, Mercury Records, one of the smaller labels, um, put out their albums around the world. And I was learning you know, from the best of the best in the, in the, the Dutch um, label as to how to do that. And it's really nuanced and really interesting. So I took my PR career, transitioned it into a marketing role, global marketing role, learned a ton while I was abroad. And then I came back to the States. And when I got the job with the Knowles family, it was really taking that international marketing experience and trans, you know, transitioning it into an artist management role that also had some real fundamental marketing responsibilities. And um, so in, hand, in doing that job, I handled her day-to-day -day management with, you know, her father was her manager. I was kind of the person working side by, you know, with him, doing all the day-to-day -day with him and Beyonce, trying to get her schedule in order, advancing all the shows, handling budgets, um, working with all the entities in her life from, you know, Sony Music to DreamWorks to L'Oreal, you name it, you know, any brand that she was working with at the time. But also doing like weekly global marketing calls with with these entities too, and coordinating what I'd say is the global marketing push for her as a brand. So that was um, how to summarize that. And even though I had a PR background, I kind of put the PR background on hold for that job and really transitioned into something else. And then when I when I came out of that in 2007, I went right back to what I started doing in my career, which was PR and um, open this agency. And so we do a little, little bit of both. We do PR and marketing and have a whole bunch of services under that umbrella. Uh, but, but it sounds like the, the entertainment PR piece is always in your blood. It's something that you really yeah. wanted to do. How yes. do you take that interest? I know it's all baby steps and it's a little bit of, you know, uh, a little bit of luck along the way. We all get yeah. it, right? But yeah. how, do you, how do you formulate that interest, that passion into something that you can make a living at? How did you approach it? That is a great question. Um, I really started to get the bug for entertainment. I never really thought about going into the music industry. It was really in college because I found myself um, working in college radio with something that a friend of mine invited me to come to a meeting one day, sitting in the radio station, getting recruited to go on as a DJ. It was at WUOG um, in Athens, Georgia really prominent station in Athens when, you know, some major bands were going on in that, in that area. But a lot of people know Athens for, you know, REM, the B-52s, things like that. But our station, it was extraordinary to work there. I worked there for five years and worked my way through the ranks. Anyway, it lit my fire for the entertainment business, got me really interested in it. My first job out of college was for an entertainment PR firm in Atlanta called the Headline Group. Um, they taught me everything I know, <laughs> uh, threw me in on the deep end. Um, and we, my very first music client with them was the Atlanta rhythm section. Actually, I don't know if you remember those guys, they sang imaginary lover and, uh, so into you and real good, um, you know, traditional rock and roll from Georgia. So 
anyway, it started there. And then I decided I wanted to move abroad. I um, had some personal reasons for going abroad at the time and ended up getting a job a little bit out of the entertainment realm, but then soon worked my way back in over there um, after a few years. And so I ended up working for a um, music startup, a tech startup in the Netherlands called Sound Artist. And then got recruited by Universal Music, which was like really the big door opener in my career once I got the job with Universal. So long story short, though, you know, to answer your question more succinctly, that's how I got interested in it. But it's it's super, um, I'd say the entertainment business, not easy to break into. So it was a grind for many, many years. You know, I wouldn't say it came easy. All the big jobs in the business, you really have to work hard to achieve. So right place, right time, networking, you know, putting yourself out there, getting as much experience under your belt as humanly possible. And that's what I did for years and years and years. So I think um, ultimately it did result in a great outcome. <laughs> and now I'm and, and that is that is such a great story. And I know that you teach at Austin Community College and yes. you are helping to shape the next generation of PR and marketing professionals. Um, oh. Do you relay those stories about yourself to them to sort of give them guidance? And what what are you seeing and hearing from them? I'm interested in understanding, you know, I'm I'm a good 20, 30 years out of college at this point. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm interested to know what what young people coming up perceive PR to be and what they think they want to get into related to either PR or marketing. Right. Um, well, I teach uh, the class I teach is called PR and Marketing for Creatives, and it's in the music business performance and technology program. So it's very specific to the music business program at Austin Community College, which is extraordinary, by the way. Let me say this program is one of the best I've ever seen of its kind. Uh, people come from around the country to go to this this to the, to take this um, degree. So um, in that respect, I am teaching in the music program, but anyone can take the class that's at ACC. You don't have to be a music major um, or music business major. That being said, um, a lot of people that come to the class are artists who want to learn how to DIY, you know, do it yourself kind of approach to their own PR and marketing, which is this, this class is perfect for that. Um, and then we also get a lot of people who want to get into the industry, who want to, you know, just learn how to be a publicist, learn how to promote bands, learn how to be a booking agent, learn how to do this or that, but they just want to have this knowledge. And it's so, so good because at the end of the day, if you're working in the business and you yourself may or may not want to do PR, you know how to hire somebody to do it. You know how to look for an agency, you know, it, it teaches you all the things you need to understand about, you know, the fundamentals of PR, um, and also the fundamentals of marketing. It's a real one-on-one, but like, First half of the semester, it's all the basic things like, you know, creating your key messages, writing a bio, writing a press release, formulating a media list, how to pitch a press person, um, you know, how to leverage influencers, um, the importance of social media, social media trends. And then we pivot into marketing where we get into how to write a marketing plan, how to, you know, leverage an event to, to launch a campaign, um, how to incorporate a PR campaign into a marketing plan, and then think about other elements of that plan. And I think I got most of my training, I will say, came from my time with Universal and my time with the Knowles family and Beyonce and Solange, because I, I really learned there as working with a lot of record labels at that time. And there's just such a, a process that it was really standard, you know, the timeline that goes into launching records, the timeline that goes into putting out singles and videos, and the, the process around each one of those things is like its own mini marketing plan. So a lot of the things I learned while I was in these jobs, I just translate now to what we do at Juice Consulting and also into my classroom. So it's a real 
you know, I think I've learned from the best and I had the chance of a lifetime to do that. And so it feels like my destiny to share this with others as much as I can, you know. There's so much to unpack in what you what you said there. And it's really terrific. <laughs> People who are in this industry taking notes. I love the concept of, of even if you're not going to be a PR or marketing person, you should still take a course like that to learn what goes into it. Because you're absolutely right. You, uh, I, I think you can be led down so many different paths. Um, yeah as to what people's expertise is. And when you're trying to get your career started in something like entertainment, which is just, you know, almost like, you know, needle in a haystack time, making it big, right? Yeah. Um, knowing how to surround yourself with the right people is really critical. Um, you know, how do you, how does someone make it in the entertainment industry? Um, and, and who do they need to align themselves with to set themselves up for success? Right. Um, my biggest piece of advice, you know, I say this a lot to our, our students at ACC is number one, networking of the course, you know, that's like the golden rule is getting out there and meeting people because right now, everybody who has a business, whether it's a record label, an artist management company, PR firm, whomever, we all need people to come help. We all need people to train up in what we do and make themselves indispensable. <laughs> and so that really starts with an internship. So a lot of times if somebody's like, I don't know how to break into the business. I don't know what to do. I'm like, look, do you have time in your agenda to take a couple of months to get your feet wet with an internship? Because nine times out of 10, if you do an internship and you're really, really good at it, I do believe that people will notice you. And I do believe that a job can, you know, come after that. Um, I've hired so many, in fact, everyone on my team, except for one has come on board through an internship with, with us at Juice Consulting. So that was something that I'm very proud of that because we do a lot of training. We work with a lot of local universities to do a program like that. And once they get their foot in the door and they learn from us, we then, you know, can decide, are these, are these people, is this somebody that we want to bring on board? And a lot of times if they're really good at what they do, we don't want to lose them at that point. So that's one thing. Um, Secondly, you know, getting out there, networking in your community, going out to music industry events. I remember when I was desperately trying to get my foot in the door in the business in a bigger way, um, you know, I dreamt of working for major labels. I dreamt of working with big artists. And um, I would, you know, I went to New York for a few weeks and house sat at a friend's house. And I went to every single music industry networking event I could find, you know, and just, just <laughs> brought my little homemade business cards and, and networked that way. Um, and a lot of times the, the two biggest jobs I've had in this business were right place, right time and meeting the owner of the business. So I met the CEO of Universal Music. He hired me specifically. I met the CEO, I'm sorry, Universal Music Holland, I should say. Actually, he was the Benelux and uh, Northern Europe. But anyway, he was the person who hired me because I had a chance meeting with him. Same thing with Matthew Knowles. I had a chance meeting with Matthew. I met actually a colleague of his at a conference. He was sitting next to me. His name's Ira Dotson. He met me, introduced me to Matthew, and it was off off to the races from there. So people, people, it's all about people. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Could not agree yeah. more. This whole business is about people, right? It's yeah. And, and even when it gets down to, we talk a lot about, you know, how to pitch stories. Um, before you can pitch the story, you got to find the story. And uh, I firmly believe, and you're backing me up here, stories are about people. All stories yeah. are about yeah. people and what they do and how they live or what they accomplish, but it's all about people. It's not about things. Um, right. Let's pivot back to the changes in the music industry that you've seen. I mean, going back and Gen X baby over here, 
um, you know, going back to the 80s when the heartbeat of the mall was the music store and you went in and you grabbed either, you know, vinyl or cassette or CD. Um, fast forward to today where everything is in our the palm of our hand, literally right. through our phones. Um, right. There's probably a lot of siloing in terms of music and in terms of genres and in terms of exposure to new music. Um, mm -hmm. How do... Uh, you work with your clients or how do you work with artists to help them reach the audiences that they want to reach and sort of break out of what might be siloed kind of behavior online? Right, right, right. Well, that's a very interesting question because, you know, to some extent, to some extent, no, I agree with you that, 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 you know, you're kind of getting fed when you're using these digital platforms, it's already got the algorithm to send you more of what you already like. Right. So true that, um, I think when we look at our clients, we look at it from a very holistic standpoint. I mean, you want to start with building the fans that know and love you, building that fan base from where you are at, you know, because to it's, it's something that builds, you know, from a core. So I always say, capture your fan base where they are, build from your local market first, and then build your story out. Because if you have a strong story to tell that's fundamentally, you know, um, blowing up you know, let's say here from Austin, we love to help artists really shine in this market, fill the venues in this market, butts and seats in this market, so that they can go to another market and tell that story. So it goes from there, right? Um, with the um, situation with, you know, so, you know, how social media has been affecting uh, downloads and digital sales and streaming services and things like that, it's almost like it's tied together. So when I say we look holistically, we look at what are these artists putting out on their social pages? How active are they? What are they doing to engage their fans there? It is pivotal for our work right now to bring social media and digital marketing into the fold. It's just like, you can't, it's the elephant in the room you can't ignore. Um, in the past, I'm sure you did the same, but when I would send a press release out, you know, I would send it out via fax, you know? It's like, I'll feel, it's like, I'm, I'm really, really dating myself right now, but now everything's digital. So we look at every single opportunity digitally to expose our clients and whether that's via socials, whether that's through email blasts, whether that's through, um, you know, things like LinkedIn, you know, every, it's like leave no stone unturned type of approach. Then how does that relate to driving sales or driving interest in their digital platforms um, like Spotify or whatever streaming platform they're using? There's always a way to link back. So all of this content is shareable and all of it can link back to, you know, where they can sell their music. So it's just really, it's just, that's where when artists come to us just for PR, it's really hard for me to stay in my lane because I really have to always look at the bigger marketing umbrella and like, what the heck are you doing in these other areas to be the best asset? Well, so, I mean, how can you not, right? If you don't, if you don't look to the left and to the right, you're probably missing out on opportunities to drive that forward even more, right? Right. That's right. I mean, it's almost like, you know, you have to be as informed as possible. And it's the same thing going back to my early roots in the label world. You know, all the people on the team work together in tandem, the PR people, the, the digital marketing people, the advertising people, the video, you know, folks, the strategic marketing people, we all work together weekly and collaborated because there was so much we could do to leverage one another. There was so much we could do to play off of each other's tactics. So if you're dropping a single on a certain date, you really do need to get three months in advance of that single. You need to get everybody on the, in the same room talking about what they're going to do to shine a light on that single. And then, gosh knows, you know, you could coordinate a ton of things around that. So 
that's kind of uh, a strategy that we use. Even if the artist doesn't have an entire marketing team, they only have one thing they can invest in and that's PR. I like to give them advice in these other areas, you know, whether it's radio promotion or, you know, old school YouTube, you know, video promotion, which is now mostly YouTube promotion. <laughs> right, <laughs> or, right. Yeah. Or, with, you know, their socials. And it, it goes, it goes as, as, it goes down to the very easiest things. It's like, what does your website look like? You know, mm-hmm. what does your, what does your image look like on that website? What's the first thing people are going to go to, to look at you? It's going to be your website and your Instagram page. So let's check those out first, you know, and it goes from there. So if you had to choose between a great review in Rolling Stone or name your music magazine or a fantastic review on social media or something blowing up on social media, which one would you prefer and why? Ooh, I would say what would be ideal is a combination of both. You know, you get that great piece in print and then- Classic the PR piece, answer. I want it all. I want it all. <laughs> the print piece goes viral. Well, the print piece is easily shared in a viral way. And then you take it, you post it on TikTok and then TikTok ends up, ching, you get the TikTok, um, you know, slot machine. And then all of a sudden you have a million views. That's the ideal. You know, you take that content from the original source because you can't, there's, there's still, it's really hard to put a value on what when Rolling Stone covers you or Billboard or let's say Spin Magazine covers you, it's really hard to put a value on that. That is the most incredible PR you can get in this business, right? So I still think there's a lot to say about that kind of coverage, but then it's taking that coverage and translating it into these other, you know, platforms. And that's where you take content and you regurgitate that content to your fans. So that that's my ideal. Um, I think though, tick, there's a lot to be said right now about TikTok and how some artists are breaking out virally on TikTok. I think that that's a fascinating thing to talk about and study um, because you can have an entire audience just on TikTok alone um, that can then go buy your music because they heard you there and it's happening quite frequently, you know? Yeah. But if you no, don't I, play, I you can't win. <laughs> What's that? No, I was going to say, I, I, you can say all you want about, the, you know, TikTok and it's bad for the kids or whatever else, or it's a Chinese spy device or whatever. It is, it is probably the most powerful social media platform going right now, because I think it's custom built for entertainment in a way that the others are just not, you know, Instagram is photos. Okay. It's video too. Facebook is basically now for grandma sharing pictures of the grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter is Twitter is just a you know walking dumpster fire, but TikTok is just built for entertainers. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like you're your own content creator. Everyone's a content creator on TikTok and it's starting from the youngest possible age. I mean, kids are, you know, I have um two kids that are 11 and 13. All of their friends are on TikTok and that's how they social, they also socialize with each other that way. They express themselves and they socialize and they get on the platform and watch each other's TikToks at each other's houses. And the funnier or more entertaining your TikToks are, the more likes you get, you know, it's, it's amazing. But it's also a way that music is getting heard by younger audiences. Um, it's a way that artists that may not be commercially successful in other realms are being discovered. Um, and it's a way to go viral. Um, you know, I have a client that is not relating to the music industry. It's actually a startup. Um, I'm a partner in the company too. It's called Free Water. And their TikTok page is extraordinary. Like they've been blowing up on TikTok to the point where a couple of posts have been in the multi-millions. One of them got 30 million views. Um, you know, they're they're just 
worldwide attention on the brand it and it comes across as a very big brand because of the the the, the way it's blown up on TikTok. But but that also comes down to the content they're posting, the frequency with which mm-hmm. they're posting, and also the concept of the company. The water is free because it's paid for by ads. So people are like, what? What are you talking about? A free product? So they're, they're getting into it because it's such a unique and novel paradigm shifting thing. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that just anybody's going to blow up on TikTok. I mean, you obviously have to have the goods. You obviously have to have good music. You have to have something worthy of listening to or worthy of seeing. But if you got the goods, it's a way to potentially throw yourself out there and, and find another vehicle um, to gain awareness. So so let's round this conversation out with some of the basic building blocks that uh, an, uh, an entertainer that wants to, uh, to make a splash, whether they're established or whether they're brand new trying to break in. Are there some mm-hmm. basic building blocks in terms of communication, in terms of PR and marketing that an entertainer needs to put in, in place and are there basic things that a PR person or a marketer can do to help that talent move that needle? I would, yes. I think, you know, um, first of all, you know, putting in place your, your, your getting the, the, the book most fundamentally is, you know, having a solid set of, of songs. You know, at the end of the day, if you're talking about an entertainer being successful, you know, what is it that you're creating that's going to make you successful? At the end of the day, it still comes back to the music. You cannot PR the music. You can't. So when we start working with somebody, we always have to just, you know, listen to the music. Does this resonate with us? Do we feel like we can advocate for this artist? Then if we love the music, we go, okay, what's next? Let's check out their assets, their content, existing website, existing socials. What does their bio read like? Is there a story there? Do we need, do they need help with these other things? So, you know, from there, we go to, you know, okay, great. Their, their website's great. Their photos are awesome. They've got an image. They have a look. Do they, are they pretty? They don't have to be pretty anymore. You don't have to be good looking anymore. Are you interesting? That's what matters the most. You know, are you interesting? Do you have a vibe? And do you share something unique? So uh, once we get that packaging together, the music, then I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, wait, before we start promoting this, let me go see these guys live. I don't want to start promoting something because you never know. They may not have a good performance. So that's important too. If I've seen ample video or if I've been able to check them out, then I'm like, all right, we can sink our teeth into this. And once we have all that ready, that's when we go and we go with, you know, building out the campaign. And for us, it's like, you know, thinking through a six month, ideally six month lead time on all the things that we can say and do and talk about with this particular band. And usually speaking, the best thing to do is promoting a new album or promoting something that's dropping, you know, in the future. It could be a tour, it could be a new album, it could be a multiple, you know, single releases, but we need something to talk about that's timely. So we work our campaign around that. That sounds like great advice. Um, All right, so drop a couple of uh, up and comers here. Do you got somebody in your stable who's uh, gonna make it big in the next six months a year? Oh, wow. As far as musicians are concerned, that's a good one. Um, I would say we are working right now with a a woman named Primo the Alien, who I feel is one of our best local female artists. She's extraordinary. She's like, you know, they call her uh, intergalactic synth pop uh, fashion icon from Austin. So I love Primo. She just performed at our 16 year anniversary party. Um, Henry Invisible is a DJ that we're working with right now, and he's also um, a one-man funk show. He does a lot of really cool retro stuff. Um, 
we have so many bands that we represent and, and have represented over the years and, and artists, it's hard to name them all, but you can certainly find them on our website. Um, I also love a band we're not working with, Urban Heat, they're blowing up. Oh, we have just started doing some work with Spaceflight Records here. It's a nonprofit record label in, in Austin that has like a whole slew of ridiculously curated artists that are um, doing great things. So, you know, there's lots and lots and lots. I, I can't even begin to name them all, but I will say that, um, you know, if you go to our Instagram page, we're, we're always juice consulting. We're always posting really good music and really good events to come out to and check it out here in Austin. So, and Gloria Gaynor has a new album coming out too, um, that, you know, just putting it out there. She's just celebrating her 80th birthday this fall. She has a new documentary about her life. She's got a new album coming out. So everyone should keep their ears open for that too. Oh, that's fantastic. I love, I love to hear that. And I love to hear about the new music that's coming down the pipe because yeah. um, there's, there's nothing that'll change your mood like some fresh, new, spin your head around kind of music, regardless of the type of music you like. When you yeah. get that new thing that you can listen to and you can blast it in the car, you can sing it in the shower, that just yeah. makes your whole day as far as I'm concerned. It really does. Yeah. That's um, great. Yeah. It's a fun market to be in, you know, Austin's got a lot of incredible music coming out of, you know, out of here all the time, but, he, you know, he, Texas in general, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, there's just lots and lots of great music. If you look at like who would be nominated at the Grammys and, you know, some of the big hit makers, you know, Houston, the Houston market's still huge. Um, and so, you know, I'm very proud to have had my experience working with the, with Beyonce there um, and the Knowles and her sister. But even since that time, which was God, 20, 20 something years ago, um, it's continued to be a great market. And, um, and Austin is obviously great for live music and, and so many artists that come here too. It's just special to be a part, part of it all, you know, really, really special. Sounds good, Heather. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. We are going to segue now into the rapid fire question portion of our podcast. This is where we steal a page from inside the actor's studio, ask our guests a series of rapid fire questions meant to elicit a simple answer, maybe a laugh or two. Heather, with your indulgence, let's begin rapid fire question number one. What is your favorite news source? Well, my favorite this is more of a lifetime thing versus a right now thing, but definitely the BBC. Um, when I lived abroad for five and a half years, I loved listening to them. I felt like they were really good with unbiased reporting and really good in world you know, coverage, which I think we need more of. Um, it's BBC here in the United States. I'm also very, I love NPR, you know, just one of the more, um, I'd say easy on the ears <laughs> spots to get news. And I was glued to to the TV during the pandemic. I try not to do that as much anymore because it's kind of like, ah, stresses me out. And I work with the news media all the time, but I, I try to just remain open to all the outlets because I like to make my own opinions, you know? That's what we have to do, right? We have to know yeah. where everything is, yeah. yeah. All right, rapid yeah. fire question number two. What's your favorite social media platform? I personally use Instagram a lot because I like, um, you know, I like just how easy it is, how it gets the point across. It's a great platform to promote things. And also stories I find to be very, very effective and entertaining. Um, you know, that's my personal, I think, from a standpoint of just my fascination with TikTok has definitely grown over the years. I love seeing what people are doing with that. I'm excited to see where it goes. I hope we can figure out how to make it a safe platform. If, it, you know, any concerns out there, I think no one really knows. <laughs> um, but obviously, um, that's been an incredible addition to our, our variety of platforms. So, but for me, it's Instagram. Sounds good. Rapid fire question number three, coffee or alcohol? 
both, definitely both. <laughs> you know, um, I, you had some oysters on that half shell to that mix and you'll have my, my last meal request, you know, if I'm ever uh, needing to do that or if I'm on a deserted island, I think coffee, um, some good, uh, a nice Chardonnay, some oysters on the half shell, and then, you know, maybe some good chocolate. I'd be set. <laughs> that is a full afternoon as far as I'm concerned. All right, rapid fire question number four. What's your favorite on the run food? We got to have some Austin flavor here. Come on. Ooh, tacos, breakfast tacos for sure. Um, coming from Austin, I think it's like the breakfast taco capital of the of the world. Um, so definitely breakfast tacos. And then also, um, you know, I'm not a fast food person, so I can't even speak to that. But there's a great place in here in Austin called Taco Flats that we we work with and love them. If you're ever in town, go check them out. They they make like this crazy queso, crazy chips, tacos. I could eat that every day, but it's definitely not something I should eat every day. <laughs> you had me a taco. And okay, rapid cool. fire question number five: What do you want to be after you finish this career? Retired for sure. Definitely want to be retired. Working on that, you know, in the long run. Um, I, you know. I'm, I'm still, I still have a lot of gears in me and a lot of passion and a lot to do. So um, I see this as a, a long road, but I also know that one of my side passions is I collect a lot of vintage. I actually have a little antique booth at the Austin Antique Mall. So I'm always out perusing vintage sales, estate sales, garage sales. I go traveling around the world and I find things and bring them back to sell. So probably doing more of that because it's just something I love so much and traveling, you know, I love traveling. So if I could go back in time and be a travel writer, um, I would be that because I think that's part of my joy in life too. So maybe that's still yeah. in the car. Yeah, some, some great answers. And you got plenty of time. Yeah. Heather, this has been a great conversation. Please let people know how they can find you and Juice Consulting online. Oh, um, well, for me, you can go to my LinkedIn page, which is Heather Wagner Reed. Um, for Juice Consulting, you could go to at Juice Consulting on Instagram, um, Facebook, all those places. And of course, our website, which is juiceconsulting.com. All right. Thanks again, Heather. Keep up the great work. And thank, thank you, so everyone, much. for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The PR Podcast. And send us a question or a comment. Our intro is by Christopher Appold. You can find him and his fantastic photography on Instagram at Christopher underscore A-P-P-O-L-D-T. Check him out there and hire him for all your photography needs. You can find me online at Jody Fisher on all the socials and on the web at JodyFisherPR.com. We'll see you next time on the PR Podcast. Mm -hmm.